Hi everyone, it's Lou from Sober Free and Be A Me. Thank you for finding me and welcome to my podcast. Each week I will be speaking to other like-minded people to discover what it was like for them during their drinking days, why they decided to quit and what their life is like now they're sober. In between each episode, you'll find me on Instagram at Sober Free and Be A Me. Thanks for listening. Okay, so welcome back everyone to Sober Free and Be Me. I've got another lovely guest on this week called Joe from Reading. Um, hiya Joe. Hi Lou. You alright? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. Um, are you alright to do a little bit of an intro and then we can sort of get chatting about everything else that goes with yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, my name's Joe, and uh, I've been sober since the 29th of October 2017 and um, I've never looked back since. Yeah, nice. I was going to ask you, my first kind of question was what's your sobriety date? So you've been sober five years nearly then? Almost. Wow, okay. And kind of what were your main consequences when you were drinking then? Uh, I mean, you know, things like uh, blacking out, not remembering what I'd done, um, failed relationships. Um, really, really uh, bad with money. Um, totally like not just the stuff on the outside you know the 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 internal stuff as well totally yeah. myself um it's, it's really hard when you're on the spot you know to to think um but yeah I, I I would say just everything crumbled around me from uh from the inside out mm. and just to sort of touch on like you know I've been sober less time than you but already like even after three years you can quite easily forget can't you how kind of bad it got because as the time passes the more the sort of memories fade of the bad times so yeah. it's good to kind of remember isn't it now yeah. and again as to how how bad it was you know yeah um so kind of why did you want to quit drinking then what were the main reasons for it I think the thing is, Lou, I got to the point where I couldn't live with alcohol because of what it was doing uh, to me. But, you know, I I couldn't imagine life without it either because I, I kind of bought into this story that that instead of it doing something to me, it was doing something for me, you know. And um, I think, you know, not not to be dramatic this is absolutely how it was you know I was at a crossroads and it was life or death you know um yeah did I want to grab life with both hands or or <laughs> did I just want to kind of diminish yeah so for you it was kind of like you didn't want to go on anymore yeah you've got too much to leave and lose and you kind of wanted to just change completely basically by the sounds of it yeah absolutely I kind of felt like I was <clears throat> forced into a corner of um 
you know, I'd uh, I'd been sober before, so I knew how good life could be, you know. Mm. Um, and 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 I'm grateful for for having that kind of thought process of I remember what life could be like on the other side of the bottle, you know. Yeah, I do. Like you, I sort of I went into rehab. I think it was 2012, so about 10 years ago now. I was still in there. I think I came, went in August and came out sort of October. But then when I came out, I just thought, oh, I'm all right now. You know, we've probably you've probably been through it yourself. So I was, I drank again for another sort of seven years. So when I came back in this time, like you, I'd sort of touched on it before and recovery and you know fellowships and things, and I kind of knew what to do to stop yeah. drinking and you ha- I just have to sort of be ready you have to sort of be in that ready headspace don't you yeah to, I think it, something you know? internally kind of snapped for me you know I I couldn't have forced it any sooner and uh you know that was my time I think mm, yeah I get you um so how did you get sober then what were the main things that you did I think you know, one of the main things was I I listened to that inner voice that I had that day on the 29th of October, um, you know, which which kind of said, you know, you you need to you need to surround yourself around people who, you know, want the same thing as you and, um, you know, want to uh, recover and, and stay sober and and have that way of life. So you know, I reached out for help and, um, and, and help was there. And, um, I guess, you know, I just put one foot in front of the other and, um, you know, I guess had a, had a glimpse of hope that there was another way, you know. Hmm. And you kind of, like you say, when you surround yourself with people that have kind of been through it, you kind of see, well, it does work for them. So it must work for me, you know, if I stick with it and stuff. And I think that's yeah. the best approach, isn't it? Sticking around like like-minded people and things. Yeah, I needed to be surrounded by people who were, you know, relatively sane when it came to alcohol and um and that they were under no delusion, you know, and um and that really helped me. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that one. Um, so when you sort of came into recovery and stuff and obviously you got sober, what do you think your top three tips are for someone that's staying sober if someone was to come in new? Yeah, um, so the first one for me most importantly is, um, you know, don't get complacent because life life gets better and improves real quick, you know, Um the other one would be to uh to pick up the phone and speak to people you know make connections and um surround yourself with people who who are kind of treading a a a similar path you know yeah and um i think a third one for me would be um to keep things in the day you know mm it was really important to me that, you know, I, before getting sober, I couldn't imagine never drinking again, you know, it was just too <laughs> big, <laughs> it was beyond me, you know, and I, yeah. I, I really can't take credit for, for, for any of this, Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, the other thing is just to keep it in the day, and, you know, somebody said to me, do you think you can just not drink today, and 
break yeah. it down hour by hour, minute by yeah. minute. And yeah. yeah, they turn into hours and days and months and so on. Yeah, exactly. And it is about keeping it, you know, like you say, even if you have to do hour by hour or minute by minute and just keeping busy and things as well, isn't it? Because, you know, like you say, um, uh, when you kind of first come into recovery, you kind of like, oh, my God, I've got a week. Oh, my God, I've got a month. Yeah. <laughs> I've got six months. I've got a year and time just builds up. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know with me at the beginning, I thought, how the hell am I going to cope at Christmas, birthdays, when I go on holiday, when someone dies when someone, you know, all these reasons to drink. I was just looking way too far ahead and thinking I'm never going to get through any of this. But like you say, you just kind of do, don't you, if you kind of do the right things and stuff and keeping it in the day and don't look too far ahead I think as well just being cheeky I'll whip in a a a fourth one there you know yeah go on I think it's um you know being aware that you know when you're in an in an emotional state you know you're not going to be in that emotional state forever you know everything Mm. passes all we have is moments and they come and they go and they come and they go so I think that's another one as well you know really important yeah yeah definitely um Okay, we're whizzing through this, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest gift sobriety has given you? Do you think you can have more than one? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about this before, and um, you know, it's almost like my biggest gifts are, are the opposite to my consequences. You know, and um, you know, things that I never imagined that um would even be on my radar. You know, mm. so. I think, you know, one of them is to, you know, it, it kind of chokes me up a little bit to to be emotionally available as a as a human being, but you know, as a granddaughter, yeah. as a daughter, as a friend, um, you know, to to know that, you know, if I say I'm gonna do something, then I'll do it. Yeah. But, the flip side of that is, is that I also have the option to change my mind. Um, and I think, you know, being in touch with with my emotions, you know, when I came into recovery, I felt two things and it was either extreme rage or just kind of... moments of a pink cloud you know but Mm. it was more so rage yeah um, you know I remember early on looking at a feelings wheel because I had to get inspiration (laughs) I'm like what is this what's (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah I've got I'm just so much more in touch with my emotions and um you know I think the biggest gift for me is to know that I have just more than a life today, you know. You're like, always travelling abroad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm always jetting off somewhere and yeah. just kind of think that you can really, you can really just like grab life and, and run with it, you know, when you um when you put everything aside and just, uh, I don't know, kind of make peace with yourself. Yeah, that's exactly it. And you you know I agree with what you say about um being there for people you know like before just talking about with you 
a minute ago it was my nan's 90th at the weekend and before I'd have thought I can't be asked for that you know I don't really want to socialize with people like when can I get the next drink you know and it was all about me all the time like Mm. not giving a toss about my nan it it would have been like when can I get there like you know what can I do to constantly be getting a drink at the bar without like minimal social contact with other people you know and that's completely lifted now and like you say you're there for people aren't you but it's not just about you being available you also learn to like put the boundaries in Mm. you know I've had to cut a couple of friendships dead because when I stopped drinking I realized we're only friends because we both drank the same and would want to go out after work but when I stopped drinking they stopped getting in touch and initially Mm. I was like oh but I thought well actually we were both using each other really and you know that friendship was based on the drinking you know and it's about putting them boundaries in as well isn't it yeah and I think as well the you know like another big gift is you know you you kind of touched on it without saying it about that self-centeredness you know and um the ability to look within Mm. and when I came into recovery it was like well if you had my mum or you know pointing fingers constantly yeah you know today I I can take responsibility you know and um it really has been an inside job yeah um I think I would have would have lost out on on a lot of stuff and a lot of lessons and a lot of uh awareness and insight had I not you know put the legwork in and 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 looked within yeah and I think as well you know the flip side of it is is that that self-centeredness like today it is such a gift to be able to help other people you know yeah definitely and it makes you accountable as well doesn't it so you can look yourself in the mirror and think right you've said this to someone today or you were out of order own up to it you know apologize and move on rather than holding all these like resentments and getting angry and horrible and you know not admitting that you're in the wrong and then letting it fester and then it comes out and you know I I think as well it's that thing of you know when I was drinking I uh you know I'd help you but I'd want something (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'll do that but hang on before I do that what do I get yeah you know I'd hide a bad motive with a good motive and uh and today I just you know I get so much out of helping other people Mm. like it's like free drugs you know (laughs) (laughs) pulls me up with stuff that you know I can't buy yeah shop you know I can't I don't know it's it's hard to explain isn't it but yeah completely and a transformation it is and I was saying to someone the other day like when I was drinking the thought of doing boring things like you know having a bit of a lay-in or getting up and going food shopping or Mm. paying bills or washing the car or walking a dog all those sort of things I would look at on a, you know, I was hung over, say, at a weekend. I'd look out the window and you'd see people living their lives at the weekend, doing all these sort of mundane things. And I used yeah. to think, bloody hell, get a life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But now yeah. I don't drink. I bloody love stuff like that. You know what I mean? I love yeah. doing the simple, boring things. 
because yeah. I don't have to look over my shoulder and think what have I said to that person what have I done you know what's going to come back and haunt me the next day after I've been on a binge yeah those sort of things isn't it now I, I totally relate to that Lou because you know I used to be really materialistic and it was like I was trying to compensate for you know my behavior and and not yeah. being present or all of that stuff you you know it's uh <laughs> and today like you say the simple things you know oh yeah I love an early night get that radio on get me puzzle book out that an hour of puzzles nod off 100% I have found my inner old lady <laughs> I embrace her <laughs> I love it I really do <laughs> okay cool so last kind of question then so if you had one piece of advice for anyone new to sobriety what would it be I think on that one, um, you know, I I have to look back on my younger self because I first came into recovery when I was 20. Right. And um, I think the biggest bit of advice that I could give, and, and th- this would be more kind of aimed at maybe younger people getting sober. Yeah. Kind of say, you know, this this stuff it doesn't discriminate you know and and when I say this stuff I'm I'm referring to alcoholism you know yeah and um when I look back I honestly didn't in hindsight I kind of had one one foot in and one foot out you know because I thought I'm not going to really have much of a life I'm too Mm. young and it's um you know something that that is really important to me is that we kind of you know smash that stigma and um you know there's there's huge stereotypes about you know what uh, what somebody with a drinking problem might look like and you know I I arrived with that in the sense yeah. of well you know I haven't got a bit of string around my waist holding <laughs> the trousers up I'm not drinking out of a paper bag but yeah. um, so, I, you know, I think it would be to to listen to your gut instinct and to honor that, you know. Yeah. If you think you have a problem with alcohol and it, you know, it, and it's that cliche, but so true and it's costing you more than money, then go and look into things, you know. Yeah. There's lots out there. And, um, you know, I I got a life by kind of not uh not giving in to that you know little voice that when I came back still in my 20s but but 27 having gone out again you know and and doing a bit of market research to see if I still had a problem (laughs) and you know and and guess what it was still there yeah um yeah that I just I just listened and uh and I I didn't doubt it, you know, and and I think that, you know, the biggest bit of advice is yeah, you know, listen to that intuition, that that voice within, and um, you know, just run with it. And you know, alcoholics can come in all sorts of, mm. you know, they don't have to look one way or another. You don't have yeah. to be homeless or. Yeah, I don't know, like 60 or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. 
So I think that would be it. And, you know, whatever's working for you, continue with that. Yeah. Whatever definitely. it is. It doesn't have to be one single thing. And mm. um, and I guess, you know, the other thing is just, you know, I kind of feel like I've been given a second chance and that, you know, this life is on loan to me. So therefore, you know, I better make it a good one. Yeah. So definitely. don't kind of sweat the small stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is easier said than done, isn't it, a lot yeah, of the time? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> But also, I think, what did you, what was it you said? Um, yeah, like, you when you know within, and also, you kind of know when you've had enough, don't you? Don't kind of listen, don't do it for other people, you yeah. know, oh, I better give up because I've got kids, or I need to give up because I don't want to split up with my partner or my pet. It's got to be for you, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, you thing. know, I'd, I'd be lying if, uh, you know, some something my dad said to me when I when I called him up and said look you know I'm I'm at the end of my rope again and um you know he said to me which is something that was really important actually was you know don't ever think that you can convince me that you can drink like a normal person mm. and you know I needed to hear that but I didn't yeah. get to it for him but um you know those those ripple effects um you know it's is just like the destruction of my drinking rippled out towards people and <laughs> you know caused a lot of devastation the ripple effects of being sober go out too and I get to witness that today you know through sober eyes yeah exactly it's a miracle really isn't it mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay that is brilliant I really appreciate you coming along Joe. um I'll stop the recording Thank you very much, Joe. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to be on my podcast, then please reach out to me directly on Instagram at soberfreeandbeandme. You can either DM me or fill in the form in my bio and I will be in touch to book you in. Thanks so much and stay sober.